Okay. If we want to build the future, we're gonna need something. Like a high-speed internet connection that can turn my ideas into reality. Like the skills to become the world's most powerful coder. The resources to make more films with people who look like me. 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 Like the tools to start my sustainable shoe business. Way more space to collaborate. Yeah, that's better. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to open doors for the next generation so they can build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault 18 Mental Health Podcast. My name is Brandon Jones. I am your host. And on today's episode, we are going to be giving tips for young people on dealing with tragedies that take place at their school. Unfortunately, locally here in the Twin Cities area recently, a young man was stabbed at his school and has passed away due to those injuries. And it's been a rough year so far here in 2023 with many incidents happening involving young people. Those incidents include fights at school, shootings at school, stabbings at school, carjackings, home invasions, shootings in the community, uh, police violence is also taking place. And unfortunately, many of these incidents involve young people of color, mainly African-American folks. And uh, since these things have taken place, I've been one person who a lot of people have reached out to to ask, what can we do? What's going on? How can we cope and support the young people? I've had some conversations with a few young people about their experiences and them asking me, Brennan, what can I do in order to make sure that I'm okay to keep moving forward? And as a person who cares about young people, as a father, um, as a community member, I think that it's very important that as a be to be a role model, but also as an adult, to have a response and an answer for young people other than it's gonna be okay. Um, saying that is good, but we also have to model our actions and we also have to give young people something beyond just it's gonna be okay. I will say this, there is no perfect answer though. Uh, so being present is one of the most important things that you can do. There is no perfect answer to helping young people heal after tragedies take place either in their school, at home, or just in the community. <clears throat> So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to share six tips to help young people deal with the fatal tragedy that happens at their school. And I want to encourage you all to add on to these tips. I want to encourage you all to figure out how to implement these tips from the best of your ability. And I would also encourage you all to share your own tips with those that you care about. My assumption is that unfortunately, we are not done seeing tragedies take place in schools and communities and in homes. And since we're not done with those situations, we have to have some responses to curb and to 
negate those things from causing more damage to young people. I hope that we're done with these. I don't want to see another incident take place, but I have a suspicion and I and I have um, enough evidence that declares that we don't because we haven't shifted enough of what the problems are. We haven't been completely honest. This is me, uh, my perspective. We haven't been completely honest about how culture plays a role in these things. What we have done is blame systems and we've pointed the finger at systems and their responsibility in changing, which is a correct uh, point. But also we have to point back at community and culture and ask, what's your response as well? This is a, this is, these are issues that are not one directional. These are multi-directional issues. And what I mean by that is it's going to take strategies from communities, families, individuals, and institutions in order for us to get better. But it's easy to say the system needs to change and do a better job. But it's harder to say that we have a cultural problem where many youth in urban environments are angry, dealing with mental health issues, are aggressive. And some of them, not all of them, but some of them, which we don't want to be honest about, are also homicidal. We have young people who have gone through so many things in their life that they have reached a point where they don't care at taking another person's life. And that is a scary reality that I really hope that we understand is a problem for us. And I want to encourage other young people who don't think like that, which is many of the viewers of this podcast, to encourage your friends who are engaging in those activities that their life means something more than to cause harm to someone else that could also detrimentally change their own life, or they can become a victim of these violent acts themselves. And be very careful when you are engaging with people who don't want to hear that message, because that can lead you into a scary place as well. These are the conversations that we really, really, really need to have in our community, but we're not having them because it, it, it makes it seem like you're blaming the victims, but it's not. It's just being honest that this is a two-way conversation. Yes, schools can respond differently, but that doesn't mean that the violence is going to stop. At some point in time, we have to look at what are we going to do as a community? What are we going to do in our family dynamics? And what are we going to do on an individual level to also curb this violence? Because no young person should feel fear when they go to school. The school should be one of the safest places that young people go to. It's designed literally for them to be and to socialize within. Whether we agree with the socialization or not, every kid deserves to feel comfortable, loved, cared for, and welcomed when they enter a school campus or in a school building. So with that, I don't want to talk too much more, but I do want to make that point here at the beginning of the podcast because it's just not stated enough. I just see people blaming institutions for the tragedies that happen without saying, what what are we going to do, right? What, why does this young person feel the need to have that knife on them, whether it's for protection or to cause destruction? Regardless, no kid should feel like they need to have a knife. When you go to school, you should want to have your backpack, your textbooks, since this is high school, they have textbooks, the materials you need from school, maybe a cell phone, <laughs> you know, your device, those are all school-related things, and that's it. You should be able to go to school with just those items, just those items, never a weapon to defend yourself or to cause any harm. So what do we do? What do we, how do we help young people who deal with these tragedies? I'm going to share six tips. And again, these tips are subjective. 
What I mean by that is they look different for different people. Oftentimes when these tragedies happen because they're so heightened and emotion and painful, people want an ABC solution. I'm not here to give you that because it doesn't fit for everyone. We have to keep in mind culture plays a role in how we heal and people heal differently. And you can't just tell somebody you need to do A, B, and C, and then you'll feel better. <laughs> That's not how life works. That's not how life works at all. But I am going to share some framing, some things to do, some things to consider, and then you can do those things the way that you do them, because only you can dictate how your healing process takes place, because you're on your healing journey. And I'm just someone, and this podcast is really just a facilitator on that journey, just pointing you in a few different directions, and it's up to you to kind of carry that ball forward. And it's my goal that I can plant a seed within you to help it, that, that harvests later, that helps you survive at a later time and a later date. Let's get into these six tips. Tip number one, talk about your feelings. It is okay to feel a range of emotions like sadness, anger, fear, or confusion. Don't be afraid to reach out for help when you need it. You can't keep this bottled up inside. And I'm talking directly to young people. You may know a young person that's been hurt. You may have been hurt yourself. You may have been bullied. Don't keep it in and isolate yourself. Find a way to express yourself, whether that's on a vlogging, making a TikTok, Maybe it's sending something in a group chat. Uh, maybe it's just making a few snaps. Maybe it's drawing a picture. Um, you know, maybe you just go live and you just share with people how you feel. Maybe you call a friend. Maybe you call friends to meet in a public place and you have a group discussion. Maybe you talk to your parents or caregivers or a sibling or a close family friend or, or neighbor. But say something. And you don't have to say something if you're not ready. Take your time. But just don't let time pass where you don't say anything at all. So that's number one, which is to talk about how you talk about your feelings and how you feel. Number two, reach out for support. Connect with family and friends and other trusted adults. Connect with siblings. Connect with peers. Connect with people. You connect with pets and animals too. They're loving beings. But humans is what I'm encouraging you to do here. And because these people can provide comfort and understanding to what you're going through when these tragedies take place. So don't be afraid to share your feelings and don't be afraid to reach out for support. Don't do it alone. Again, those number one and number two are connected. They're all connected, actually. Number three is take care of yourself. Try to maintain a regular routine, eat healthy meals and get plenty of rest. And if you're somebody who likes to exercise, get some exercise as well. It's very, very important to maintain your regular routines. When these events happen, you're dysregulated, you're discombobulated, you know, things are thrown off. But don't let that get in your way of doing what you normally do. Make sure you're grooming, which is brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, showering, shaving if you have to, um, you know, putting on makeup if that's something that you do at that point in time in your life. Uh, make sure you take putting, you know, fresh clothing on, things of that nature. Make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you're eating regular meals, right? Make sure that um, you're drinking plenty of water. Make sure you're getting some physical activity in there per day. These are all great things for you to do. Number four, find a way to celebrate the life of the person who passed away. 
uh, memorializing people is one of the best ways to process through the grief that you go on, that's going on with you. Uh, share memories and stories and talk about the impact that these people may have had in your life. Whether you know this person personally or not, maybe you were just a classmate with this person, uh, find a way to memorialize them. It might, again, drawing a picture, making a post, um, saying a prayer. It can be a lot of different things, but find a way to celebrate the life of the person who passed away. You can also give a gift to the family or close friends of that individual. Number five, find healthy ways to cope. Now, this is actions, right? Things to do. Those healthy ways to cope can be creating a memorial, volunteering, journaling, uh, practicing a new hobby, you know, doing something, you know, going to a event, going to see some and hear some live music and doing that consistently, maybe making your own music. Do something healthy to cope. Don't just sit in isolation. Don't just, you know, send something in a group chat and let that be the only thing you do. Physically get involved and engaged in something because moving that body helps you distract from what's going on, but also brings in new feelings and new emotions. And it also releases new hormones for you to feel better when you engage in activity. Go bowling, go do something. And then the number six, the last tip is to seek professional help if needed. Speak to a school counselor, a psychologist, or other mental health professionals uh, just for that extra boost and bump in coping. Other professional people can be spiritual leaders. They can be faith-based leaders as well. They can be coaches. They can be people who help hear what's going on. They may help you problem solve, um, but really they're there to have an active listening ear and to give some strategies on how you can be better and you can cope with what's going on. And those are the six things. Again, I'm going to run through those really quickly. Uh, talk about your feelings is number one. Number two, reach out uh, for some support. Number three, take care of yourself. Number four, uh, celebrate the life of the person who passed away. Number five, find healthy ways to cope. And number six, seek out professional help. You don't have to do all six things. You can do a combination of things. Again, this is not an A, B, C, one, two, three type of solution. These are just things for you to do and strategies for you to take to help you cope with whatever you're dealing with, especially when these tragedies happen in school. I hope this is the last time I have to make a podcast like this because I don't want school to be a place where people's lives end. But I understand the society that we're in and the incidents that take place. And um, I hope that I that I don't have to come here again anytime soon. But since this is the world that we're in and this is what I do, I hope that I was able to provide something constructive for you to take with you and to share with your peers, the other, your parents, and the caregivers in your life. Because your life does matter. You don't need to be in fear or to lack a sense of safety when you're at school. It should be one of the best places for you to go to. So with that, this is a heavy uh, episode, but I hope it was very constructive. Again, my name is Brandon Jones. You can always connect with us on Facebook and uh, our Facebook group, which is just titled the same title of the podcast. It is not your fault, a team mental health podcast. These tips will be posted there as well. And then there's always the other places you can connect with me. The first place is at my personal website, jegna.org. That's J-E-G-N-A dot O-R-G. Uh, you can also connect with me at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com, where you can find all the episodes of this podcast and more. And then also, if you want other resources around mental health, you can check out my nonprofit organization, Minnesota Association for Children's Mental Health, 
also known as MACMA. And our website is really easy. It's macmh.org. Look forward to talking to you all again on the next episode. I am Brandon Jones. This is It Is Not Your Fault, a team mental health podcast. And we will see you again on the next episode. Take care. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to SheLetterMakesMeLaugh.com. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment for my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details, questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being.